Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Are you ready? The book of 3 John 1 and verse 1 to 2. 3 John chapter number 1 and verse 1 to 2. We're going to read together, okay? This was a letter that was written to this guy named Gaius, alright? So we're going to read the letter. So now, first thing I want you to notice is that it was written to a person. Do you understand? And that person was a member of the church. In other words, if it was written to a person, and that person was a member of a church, alright, and this is post-resurrection, then we can put your name there. Alright? The elder unto the well-beloved your name. Alright? You see? You see how you show up in scripture. So you can put your name there and you won't be wrong. Alright, so let's read it together. You can put your name, okay? And, but let's read it together. Want to go? The elder unto the church, uh, uh-huh, whom I love in truth. Number two. Number two. Alright, let's read. Want to go? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in here even as you are so prosperous. Let's read again one more time. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in here even as you are so prospered. Precious Holy Spirit, we thank you because great grace is upon us and the teaching of the word is made easy. Our hearts and our minds are open to receive the word of God and we will not be the same again. We bind every external force that will try to hinder the word from prevailing. And we decree that the word prevails in our hearts and in our minds. Amen. Our hearts are open. Amen. And we are able to receive God's word. Amen. In Jesus' holy name we declare. Amen. Amen. On your way to your seat, high five someone. Say, hey. Alright, will you do that for me? Say, hey. Good to see you. You may be seated. God bless you. Alright, so we are furthering the 21 grams series and we are looking at the health of your soul. If you have not been in church for the beginning of the series, you don't have a problem because I already know what it means to be pastor in a growing church. You don't do a series that somebody who comes next week, alright, will not be able to partake of. Okay, if this is the only series you catch this one i'm sorry if this is the only episode you catch this episode is going to do you as much good as the entire series but i only always advise people you know to listen to the entire series have you ever wondered to yourself for a moment before i start to preach why that i don't know if it ever happened to any of you when people pass when a person passes on when Miles Monroe passed on, I went on YouTube and began to consume everything that he was saying. 
seems as though people's words only begin to have value when they are no more. Huh? Have you noticed? Uh-huh. It shouldn't be so. So, words have been spoken in this place. We have messages. I, I looked at Anchor and I noticed that we have over 82 messages on there. And that's actually the one we've been able to capture. Because there's been messages that we've preached over this number of years. You know, so, I want you to do yourself a favor. Listen to it again. Listen to the messages again. Go ahead. Get on Anchor. Um, create. So, starting from next week, let's make sure that Anchor.fm, the link is up on the screen so that people can know. It's just very easy to get there. So, today's episode is glitches. Glitches. I want you to put that picture that I sent to you on the screen very quickly. And then we will begin to teach. If you will look up at the screen, you would find a picture in a few moments. And when you find that scripture, uh, that picture, I want you to tell me what comes to your mind. Do you have the picture? Oh, it's, it's, it's there somewhere. Alright, so, since they don't have it, I'm just going to show it to you. May you not have trouble in Jesus. Do you have it now? Okay. Um, something should come to your mind when you say this. I just want you... Ah, man, you know what? This is going to be a lot better. I want you to look at the... If you can look to your... If you can look on your Creates platform, you would find the picture now. Alright? Just look to your Creates platform on WhatsApp. You would find the picture. Whilst they are trying to get the picture up, that picture is very important because it, communic- it actually captures the spirit of what I'm about to share with you today. Remember that this series, we were talking about the fact, okay, that your soul has to be healthy. We're looking at the health of the human soul. How many of you were around yesterday, where we, or last week, when we made a separation between the spirit and the soul? You know there are two different entities. Alright, man is a spirit. We showed you scripture, right? Man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in the body. Alright, man is not a chapter type being. He just is a spirit, has a soul, lives in the body. Alright, and we mentioned to you that your spirit, your human spirit is recreated. Okay, your soul experiences transformation. Alright? And the people don't understand this. And, and that's the reason why there's so much problem. Alright? Because a lot of people don't understand it. The recreation of your human spirit happened once. Okay? The recreation of your human spirit takes place once and for all time. Alright? What, what the Spirit of God has done in your spirit is valid for once and for all time. Do you understand what I'm saying? But now, what goes on in your soul is progressive. Alright? What happens in the realm of the soul is progressive. And I told you last week that the soul is the window through which you learn the world. Alright? Because it captures your mind, your will, 
your emotions, and even your conscience. Your conscience is a thing of the soul, not of the spirit. Your conscience is not of the spirit. Your conscience is of the soul. That's how a person gets to know when they've done something wrong. It's a conscience. Listen, your spirit is ever bright. Like this. Just like Jesus is. Ever bright. Your spirit can never be dull. I showed you last week that you, the real you, alright, is ever bright, recreated in Christ Jesus. So what's happening now is that that which the spirit already is, needs to flow into your consciousness, into your soul. Alright? Alright? The soul is the place where we have the mind. That word mind is psyche. Alright? Where you get the word psychology. Okay? All of that happens in your mind. Alright? How you learn. Can you take a madman to school? You struggle. Can you take an unconscious person, somebody who is in coma? Can he go to class? You can even take his body and put him in class. But he's unconscious. He can't learn anything. He's not hearing. So the access into your life, the way you learn the world, okay, is through your mind. Now the, the problem many times is that the mind of the person sitting before me right now has been cultured. The moment a baby is born, in fact, before they get born, they stay learning. Now, by the time they get born, okay, they've been cultured or conditioned. Now, listen to me. What I'm saying applies anywhere in the world. If I, if I were to go to Germany, I'll preach the same message. And it will fit very well. If I go to Denmark, it will fit. If I go to New York, it will fit. Do you understand? Because in that place too, there is a conditioning. For example, the moment you wake up and then you are 16 and you hear your uncle die, that's a conditioning. What happened to him? He had high blood pressure. You've already been conditioned. So people can die of high blood pressure. There's a conditioning already that is taking place. And then you have a close or far distant relative who, you know, um, got sick. And then has been battling with a sickness, you know, for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years of their life. And since you've known them, they battled with that stuff. And you say, ah, okay, that's another condition. So it's possible that people, you know, can go through that in their lives. I'm not waiting for them. If they get it, that's right. I'm already teaching. Alright? And then you get to a point, okay, where you see people fail in life. Alright, and then that's a conditioning as well. So, nobody needs to come to tell you that people fail. You're already being conditioned to believe that those things are happening. So, your soul is learning even faster than you imagine. But now, what is meant to happen is that your soul is meant to be conditioned by the Word. It's even worse today because... People are learning unconsciously as they scroll on Instagram. And if you don't have any filters in your, in your soul, you understand? Everything is going to apply to you. Or so you think. So as you're scrolling on Instagram and you're seeing stuff, in fact, it is even worse today. As people are scrolling on Instagram, everybody, have you noticed that everybody has a quote now? Everybody has something to say. You know, and the, you know, so in Instagram is 
proliferated with all manner of conversations. So the believer, you and I who is sitting here, must be conscious about the health of your soul. And that's why this teaching series is important. I did mention that last week I mentioned that a certain scientist did a study and found out all right, that the soul weighed 21 grams. In other words, they, he weighted, he put the body of a person who was about to pass on a scale and waited till they died. And after the soul left the body, they found out that the body reduced in weight drastically. And then they noticed that when the soul was still in the body, the approximate grammage was 21. Now, I told you that this scientist was probably pointing to something that we already have scriptural proof for. Of course, he wasn't able to do it on more than six people, and in the scientific world, that's a very small sample size. I mean, you need a more, a larger sample size for you to come to a conclusion. Alright, but the fact that they did the same experiment on dogs, on rats, on certain animals, and the weight was the same. Pre-death, post-death, the weight was the same. Then there's a conclusion, therefore, alright, that the human being has a soul, alright, that has weight. And all through this series, I'm going to be showing you, there are sometimes that you, you, are, you, are, you are emotional, you are sad, you are angry, Okay, you don't even know any physical reason why, but there's something that has weighed on your soul. You can't even see any reason why. How many of you have ever been there? You're just sad. For no, in fact, sometimes, have you seen people who just start to cry? For no reason. There's a reason. They just can't place it, but there's a reason. So we're looking at how to make your soul healthy. And that's why this is going to be important. I just want to show you this picture. It's a good picture. How many of you, can you see it? Yes, sir. No, it's not graphic. Can you see it? Can you see it? Awesome. Can you, can you see it? You see it? Oh, it's off. Can you see it? You see? What does it look like? Because I want you, I wish they could put it on the screen so that you begin to follow my conversation. Can you, can you see it? Yeah? Alright? Now, this, <laughs> this is probably the description, the best description of our generation. Selfies, selfies, and an empty soul. Mm. <laughs> empty soul, completely empty. So, um, John begins to write now to Gaius and he says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. To the degree that your soul is prospering, put that scripture on the screen please, to the degree that your soul is prospering, that's the degree to which all other areas of your life is going to prosper. So, if your soul is not experiencing prosperity, the rest of your life may not likely experience prosperity. So I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So what is a glitch 
A glitch is a malfunction or irregularity. It is described as a small problem or fault that, pre- that prevents something from being successful or working as it should. I want to say that again. A glitch is a malfunction or irregularity. Some of you are looking to the screen waiting for slides. Uh-uh. Your slide is your notes today. Alright? A small problem of fault that prevents something from being successful or working as well as it should. In other words, there is a way your life is meant to go. And that way is dependent on the prosperity of your soul. So he says, listen, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. But he does not say, and your soul will prosper also. Mm -mm. No, he says, even as your soul prospers. In other words, what he's saying is that there is a simultaneous prosperity and health in the natural, alright, as the soul is prospering. This is good stuff. So as the soul is prospering, alright, there is a simultaneous prosperity of your health and physical condition as the soul is prospering. In other words, it is possible that if you chase or understand what it takes for your soul to prosper, the rest will happen almost naturally. Can we say amen? amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The rest will happen almost naturally. So let's look at James 1 and verse 21 very quickly. I'm going to stay on these scriptures. I'm going to stay on these scriptures. In fact, let me tell you something. This entire series is going to run for the first time in the history of this church. It's going to run for two whole months. Yeah, you should be excited about that. Because now we found what the, we found what the real issue is. We found what the real issue is. The real issue is that the soul needs to start to prosper. Now let me explain what I'm saying. Without the prosperity of, of your soul, look, look at me and, and understand what I'm saying. Without the prosperity of your soul, there is a big reservoir that has been made available through the finished work, but you can't access it. Do you understand? Something massive is available, but you have no access to it. Not because you don't have access to it, but because you don't know as much as you should. And you've not come into that understanding as much as you should. Have you noticed that a lot of the miracles that happened in the Bible, especially in the Gospels, were connected to hearing? Did you know? Hey, you know, hearing and seeing. You understand? Oh, that is Jesus. And then some of them had heard about Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood had heard about Jesus. And then, meaning that whatever she heard, she had understood. Then she said, I will go and touch the hem of his garment. 
Why do you think blind Bartimaeus, even though he couldn't see, was crying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He had heard that if he comes in contact with Jesus, mercy is going to show up. And when Jesus stood before him, you know, and said, what would you have me do? He says, that I may receive my sight. You know it's possible for a person to stand in front of solution and not even know because they don't have understanding. Right in front of solution. They don't even know because there's no understanding. In fact, the greatest gift that a person can give to someone is the gift of understanding. That's why if you look at the, new, the, the epistles, you realize that the most prayer that was prayed in the epistles was for revelation, wisdom, and understanding. Some people cannot have a 30 minutes prayer that does not have one single request. 30 minutes. It's like the story of giving you fish and teaching you to fish. Understanding wisdom and revelation is you knowing how to get it done. Say with me, my soul is prosperous. Oh, I want you to say it out loud. Say, my soul is prosperous. And I'm learning just how. One more time. Say it again. My soul is prosperous. And I am learning just how. You know, last week I did make mention, I'm, 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 I'm reviewing some of the things that I said. Last week I did make mention of the fact that in Nehemiah chapter number 8, because you see, we live in a generation, oh boy, this is so good, and you're going to be so blessed today. There's a lot that we know that you, you have to come to understanding of. You see, we live in a generation that would chase, that would, that would spend their energy chasing anything. They would chase anything that can be chased. But understanding. You catch yourself in a situation where the moment the word starts to be preached, that's when you start to sleep. The people that are following you, they are, they are carrying horns. I think it's a, it's a normal thing. It's, uh, it's just normal. Eh? It's just the way I am. <laughs> you better change that way that you are. You see, because... In the Old Covenant, in Nehemiah chapter number 8, the Bible says that when, I'm coming to this, just leave it on the screen. The Bible says that when, when the book of the law was opened, there were people in the midst of the people, as the law was being read out, there were people in the midst of the people giving understanding to them of what was being read. In other words, coming into a place of understanding is intentional. And let me say this, because this series is a series on spiritual growth. Growing in the things of the Spirit is intentional as well. See, you say, eating, conditioning, conditioning, I've been talking about conditioning. Somebody wakes up to say, I'm, I'm not reading type, I prefer visuals and audio. I'm telling you, if they put something that will save your life inside book, and they tell you, now, if you don't read this thing, you are going to die. Believe me, you will read. Or, they tell you, <laughs> look, the next line of stuff that is going to happen to you, all you need to know about that is in this one hour audio. If you don't pay attention to this one hour audio, you are finished. I can swear that that one hour audio, you will listen to it. In fact, you listen to it beyond one hour. 
You say, you listen to, did I miss anything? You will be attentive. Let me tell you what's happening. You've not yet realized that the word of God is that one hour audio that you need to pay attention to for life to go upwards. You know the funny thing? A lot of things are already within reach. People are thinking, ah, let me, let me, it's already within your reach. But it's those little things that are despised. Watch a person who will build a devotion. And I'm telling you, even everybody, watch a person who will build a devotion. A, a, a commitment to the building that comes from the world. Watch their lives over time. Can you say amen? So, here's what I'm saying. You don't need... All the witches of my mother's house, they must die and collapse. You don't need that. You don't. Enemies of my father's house, they... You don't need that. Somebody comes out to say ignorantly that a Christian was demon-possessed. A Christian, born again, demon-possessed. Don't tell me, I appear that you've not seen anything. Shut up. Demon-possessed? Can a demon be Christian-possessed? See your mind? How can a Christian be demon-possessed? First of all, look at this, conditioning. Every time a person gets sick, the normal flow, Jesus, oh boy, I wish you would just follow Jesus, leave everybody else alone. Jesus showed us exactly the things that should answer to us and the things that should respond to us and the things that should obey us. Jesus showed us that much. Let's look at James 1 and verse 21. This is going to be good. James 1.21 Look at what it says. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. In other words, your soul needs saving. And your soul needs saving consistently. If a thought pattern of scarcity comes into your mind, you need to be saved. How do we arrive at this salvation? He says we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Why is it called engrafted? When the word of God shows up, alright, engrafted means that it is being, it's it's being written on the tablets of your soul. can't be erased. He says, this word that you're receiving is going to save your soul. In other words, the way food is to the physical body, that's the way the word is to your soul.
The way food works on the physical human body, that's the way the word works on the human soul. And the way we receive the word is with meekness. Somebody say with me, I receive God's word. Hey church, look up at me and talk to me. Say, I receive the word with meekness. Say it again, I receive God's word with meekness. And he says, it's able to save your soul. In other words, your feeling has to be consistent. Your feeling has to be right. You find out a pattern in your thoughts that is not in sync with God's word. You take it out by feeding on the right stuff. Look up at me, everyone. This world is filled with contrary things to your design. Things that speak contrary to your design. You know, many people, look at what many people do. Many people live from earth to heaven. No, you're supposed to live from heaven to earth. That's the flow. You're meant, so a lot of people are, are living from earth to heaven. So everything that they live, the way they live their lives, you know, is from earth upwards. So on earth, what we're doing is, we're checking statistics. How many of you know that in the earth, right, statistics are true? Alright? Let me explain. So if more people have the propensity of dying from a disease, you cannot, at a point, even the doctors will tell you this one, go and get ready. Oh boy, but this is good. From heaven downwards, huh? even when a man had gone, Jesus saw it and said, this one, she's sleeping. You see that? She responds, ah, she's sleeping. And then, you know what Jesus did that is very important? All the voices of unbelief that, was, that, that were in that space at the time. All the voices that were plugged to earth. He said, okay, you know what? All of you outside first. Because I only want to hear heaven downwards. Listen, and let me tell you. The people who are talking the way they were talking, they were not wrong. They were not wrong. They were saying things that were true. Based on what they were plugged to. But Jesus being plugged to something else. Say, you know what? We need to cast all these people out. Let me tell you. Do you know what? What Jesus did, alright, to that situation is what you should be doing every day in your soul. Cast out the unbelief. Cast out the unbelief. You say, all of you who is showing me stuff that is contrary to God's word, stay outside for a bit. There's provision in the word for this. There's provision in the word for that. There's provision in the word for this. Now let me tell you, you know, over, over the couple of months, over the couple of weeks, I'm just going to touch this and then I'll just move straight into the teaching. Alright? Over the couple of weeks, I've been getting very irritated at Daddy Freeze. Very irritated. I, I don't teach about people, but very irritated. The guy is the, is the, is, is, is the least informed or equipped 
human in the world who, because he has some leverage and platform, you know, and people listen to him, he just spews out all manner of interestingness. I'm not going to say rubbish. It's just all manner of amazing, interesting things. You know? And then, part of what he said, look at what he said just a couple of days ago. You know, that after all, you know, some of us are showing the people that we don't have to work. Or, sorry, that, you know, with our work, you know, we don't need to pay tithes. We don't need to give anybody any money. You know, I was showing them, alright, that we are making progress and we are experiencing forward advancements and we are doing all of that. And I just shook my head and said, oh, how foolish you are. There's never been one day that I gave money to God because I wanted him to make me rich. I came rich. You didn't hear me. It's never the one day that I gave money to God because I wanted Him to bless me with riches. I came already rich. But I'm not going to cancel out the fact that my father is a good rewarder. I'm not going to cancel out that fact. I'm not going to. Don't worry. If you're a planter that doesn't, that doesn't enjoy to see harvest, it's okay. Stay with your foolishness. But... Uh, from my own perspective, when people plant, they see harvest, isn't it? Yeah. So I won't cancel out that because of you. But here's the point. Every time I give my money, is because I realize that on this side, I will never check out with this cash. On the other side, what I'm going to present to the Lord is souls. Is money spent for souls one. That people, they don't know anything. In other words, let me tell you. See, no matter how small you thought you were in the kingdom, when you show before God, He'll ask you where the soul. No matter how little you were, no matter how whatever you, and it's not supposed to be a bad thing. It is like marketing. You know, I've used a product. It worked for me. You know, I have peace in my heart. I have joy in my soul. And all of that. Do you understand? And I have a confident expectation of good. Hey! Come and see. Paper. Paper. If I, if I was stupid and I, I had not done my research, then I would probably fall for all those kinds of things. Where were you when Anthony Bourdain, what 15 million US dollars committed suicide? Where were you? Where were you when the, the lady Kate something, the, the brand fashion person, over 56 million US dollars, about four or five years ago? 56 million dollars net worth. Some of you, you see that money. <laughs> you just retire into Bahamas. <laughs> you will not take calls for two years, so you don't come. <laughs> A party. It's not enough. So, we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the capacity to save your soul. 
Some of your souls need to be saved from the culture. Some of your souls need to be saved from how things ought to be. Some of your soul needs to be saved from Dr. Love at 12 a.m. in the morning with smooth voice. Hello, who is that? You, know, you need to be saved from those ideas. Some of you need to be saved from things that you started reading when you were in, in secondary school from meals and booms. Some of you need to be saved from Hollywood expectations. Because the last time I checked, the world can be presenting to you something that is bigger than Hollywood. But you have capped your expectations, Hollywood standard. So the engrafted word of God is able to save your soul. In other words, Take the word, turn it into food. That's what it is for your soul. Isaiah 25 and verse 6. Let's start reading from verse 6. Yes, Isaiah 25 from verse 6. We read from verse 6 to 8. Today is going to be so good. Isaiah 25 from verse 6. He says, and in this mountain, we've been looking at this all through the beginning of this fast, starting from Sunday. From Monday morning, we began to look at this. It says, and in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things. First, I want you to understand that there is the word there, mountain. And the word mountain there, if you see anything called mountain in scripture, okay, and you see feast beside it, know that it's not Mount Sinai. How many of you know Mount Sinai? How many of you have heard of Mount Sinai? Ever heard? Hands up. What happened on Mount Sinai? On Mount Sinai, that is where the law of God was given. And the people were afraid and full of fear and dread and trepidation. In fact, the Bible says that when the law was given, alright, there were thunderings. So God was speaking to Moses and there were thunderings, alright, from the beginning of that conversation to the end of the conversation. How many of you can stand five hours of thunder non-stop? Hello? How many of you can be on, in a situation five hours of heavy? Some of you, went, the first one... It, then, now, imagine 20 hours of non-stop thundering and lightning. And guess what? The last thing that, was, that made up that conversation was darkness. It was dark. So imagine three things. It's like, it's like a horror movie. Darkness, lightning, thundering, as the law was being given. In other words, the, you, can, you, can be, you can trust or you can expect that the people will be afraid. And they were. But on another mountain, a feast is served. And it's a feast of fat things. And I mentioned during the week that the feast represents the provisions of the gospel. Say that with me. The feast represents the provisions of the gospel. Hey, you're not talking to me. Is it because you're not eating this morning? Say it again. Say the feast represents the provisions of the gospel. 
Say it one more time. The feast represents the provisions of the gospel. Now I know some of you would say to me, Peter, we've heard this before. I want you to hear it again. In fact, when I was preparing for this teaching, the Lord said, teach it again. So there are provisions in the gospel that have been made available to you. And God called it a feast. Now, look at the other thing. It says it's going to be a feast unto all people. In other words, on Mount Zion, the city of the living God, what you find there is something to eat for all people. The gospel is not for some people. The gospel is for everyone. Now, let's look at Luke. I want to show you something. Look at the book of Luke, chapter number 14, 16 to 33. Let's look at that for a bit. Luke 14. just want to show you something very interesting. Somebody say, a feast has been served. Say that with me. A feast has been served. And I'm partaking of that feast. Look at this. He says, then said he unto a certain man made a great... Look at this. He says, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great feast. Can you give me from the HCSB? Do you have it? Put it on the screen. Alright. He says, then he told him, a man was giving a large banquet... And he invited many. Next verse. And sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidding, Come, for all things are now ready. Stop. Stop. Hey, hey, hey. Look up at me. Look up at me. Look up at me. The guy, listen to me. Listen to me. The guy who prepared the feast. Alright? Sent his servants out to the people and said to them, Come, all things are now ready. Wow. Guess what? By the time you read further down, you will find out, okay, that one man was going for his business. Another man was going to you know, do something. They were all going to try to sort out the thing that the master had made ready. He was ready. See, you say, okay, well, no, it's not for, it's not for the food or for the whatever. But the guy was going out for business. Going out for business for what? Just to smile at people and say, you know, I just like you. He was going about his business. And then the man says, the feast is ready. Come. That's the same thing God is saying to you. All things are now ready. How many things, beauty? All things. Hey, hey, hey. I feel the glory of God. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. You know, actually... I'm preaching today from a rhythm of grace. There's a stream that is flowing into your heart. 
He says, come. Everything is ready. That has been the invitation from the beginning. It's still the invitation today. All things for your life, they are now ready. Everything you need for your life. Brother, if they told you that there was a particular place where you could go and get all things ready for your life, would you go? Hey bro, will you go? Listen, there are, there are, there are feelings you've not been able to capture. There are feelings you've been able to capture. And then they tell you, plus the one you have captured, and the ones you've not been able to capture, everything is ready to sort everything out. Sister, will you go? Are you sure? This is calm. All things are now ready. Let's look at your response. Next verse. And they all, with one question, began to make an excuse. What? Who doesn't like some free food? In fact, I was, I was, I was listening to um, Alibaba during the week. And he was talking about um, Pastor Kingsley. You know, a very big brother to me. I was talking about Pastor Kingsley. That Pastor Kingsley just, he's just a free-spirited person. And I'm telling you, you meet him, such a free-spirited person. That he, he just woke up one Saturday morning and said, you know what? He told his wife, I'm going to any wedding to just go and eat jollof rice. <laughs> I can't wait to eat jollof rice. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> and he said he went to a wedding. They, they didn't know him. They didn't invite him. They didn't call him. He went there and ate jollof <laughs> Now, the question is, who doesn't like free food? Listen, listen, Tosan, who does not like free food, especially when you are hungry? Think about it, Manchu. If I come to you on a day you are really hungry, starving, and then I tell you, you know what? We're going to Radisson. Let's go and have a seven course buffet on me. <laughs> Before I finish, <laughs> Before I finish talking, <laughs> like, tell me, what are we waiting for? No, I'm not talking. I'm not, I mean, some of you will still do Buka, you know? But I'm saying, you know. I'm saying, like, you know, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> you understand? Before I finish, I mean, it's a meal you can prepare at home and all that. Maybe you can say no. But if it's a fine feast, and then, you know, it's in a fine place, you know, and it's a king that has thrown the party, you certainly will be there. You know the reason why these guys you know, would not go for this feast. They thought they could prepare it by themselves. Jesus said to that woman at the well, she said, if you knew who was asking you to drink, you will ask me, and I will give you living water that will never run dry. Jesus was asking her for something symbolic of what she actually needed. He said, the water that you have right now, you can, you can, you can do it for yourself. But this one, I have to give you for you to have it. If I don't give you, you can't have it. Jesus was giving a parable, symbolic of what was the presentation between the Father and the church. But let's follow. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must need go and see it. I pray thee, 
So have me excused. What if you came and then instead of you having one piece, land starts to flow out of you? Next verse. Another said, I have bought five yokes of oxen and I go to prove them and I pray that I may be excused. Next verse. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> Just keep going. So that servant came back and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet, there is still room. In other words, we've gone to, think about it, we've gone to the streets. We've packed as many as we could find. There is still room. God is showing you something here. He's showing you an unending, something that cannot be exhausted, even by the amount of need present. Listen to me, church. You know, the Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look, when Scripture says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, it does not mean that they are poor. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that they don't have resources. Right? When it says blessed are the poor in spirit, it's, it's describing a people who have come to the end of themselves. Some of people are full of themselves. Full of who they think they are. Full of what they think they know. Full of all those ideas. He's saying blessed are the poor in the spirit. In other words, in their, in their soul, in their spirit, they've emptied of themselves. They make nothing of themselves. In themselves and of themselves, they, they consider themselves as empty. And he says to those ones, the kingdom of heaven will be given to them. In other words, to those ones, God himself will become their fullness. So it's that place of arriving at that point where you realize, you know what? I always need you, Lord. I always need you. I always need your wisdom. And there is a table. There is a feast set. How many of you will go about in your house grumbling and murmuring and just complaining? No, what is it? Somebody cannot eat. What is it? And then there is a pot of good jello rice with salad and chicken and all of that. And then from morning till night, you're just murmuring and complaining. Uh, what was it? If I walk into that house and I know that there's a pot of food there and you're just murmuring and complaining, it's not like you're lame or whatever. I'll just be like, okay, let's start, let's start to arrange your ballet. You know, something certainly has to be going on here. Maybe it's possible that people have not come to the point where they realize that they are hungry. Maybe it's possible that people have not come to the point where they realize that, you know what, there's provision here and that provision is what I need. 
People have not become empty yet. They're still Iberaga. I can do it all by myself. I can do it all by myself. They want small little, small little demon just come and knock your head. Yes. I can do it all. And, 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 and no, no, no. We are not going to be a people who starts to when problem has broken out. It's better to always be full now. Yes, there are people that emergency prayer. But in that moment, your disciples focus, nothing. There's still room. Oh, say to someone, there is still room. You see, what, what is being presented here is that whatever the need be, this provision will swallow it and there will still be space. It has always been the heart of the Father. Do you understand? That's what Jesus plugged into when he saw those 5,000 you know, people. And then the uh, 5,000. And then the provision came, swallowed it. And they were still, I pray in the name of Jesus. In this season of this fast, and all through this year, and for the rest of your life, the provisions of the gospel swallows up your needs. Amen. The provisions that is in the finished work of Jesus is swallowing up your needs. Do you understand? Look up at me, please. See, it is not that the supply has come. And then there is still more, like the supply has come, and then there is no more supply, even though there is more need. No, it's that the supply has come, it has absorbed the need that is available, and there is still more for more needs. It says, and yet there is room. Next verse. And the Lord said unto the servants, He says, go out into the highways. Now, it, it's like, you know, at first it was go to from street to street. Just go, 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 call everybody. Ah, when they have finished everybody in the neighborhood, then the master said, okay, you know what? Go as far as, go on the highways. A highway is interstate, you know. Most of the time a highway connects. So, it's like bring people from other cities. And compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So let's look at one or two of these provisions. Are you ready? Romans 3, 24 to 26. Number one provision of the gospel. Number one provision of the gospel is justification. Say that with me. I am justified. justified. Listen to me. Look up at me. Because I want you to get this. And this is probably the last thing I'm going to say. I didn't plan to preach long today. If you don't feed on these things that I'm about to show you, you'll be a very, a very potent person. Um, what's the word I want to use? You're potent, all right? but weak. In other words, there is potential, but we can't release the potential because there's no energy.
Your soul has to be has to be healthy. I'm telling you. I don't know how else to say this thing. Your soul has to be healthy. Watch the conclusions you arrive at when issues come up in your life. Watch those conclusions. It tells you, it's like a meter telling you the state of, of your soul. Listen, look up at me. See, brother, if something happens and somebody insults you, okay, and your first disposition is not to walk in love, there's something wrong with the soul. So it's okay that maybe you're angry, but angry six months, angry one year, angry two years. Don't even fight anybody. Nobody's doing you from the village. The word needs to take root in your soul. And don't beat yourself. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't beat yourself. This is not Koboko message. This is that, look, I am thirsty. There is water. Drink water. You know how it will be Koboko message. You are thirsty. You've come to the place of, of thirst. You need something. And then I come to tell you, how did you get there? It's your fault. Because it is your fault, there's no provision for you. That's flogging you on top of what has already gone wrong. You're in church. Someone has offended you. Three years. You've not spoken to the person. When you see the person, you walk past. It's a lean soul. In fact, you are walking past yourself in yourself. You have not forgiven yourself. That's what you do to you. That's why you do. How can you, how can you treat other people? How can you treat other people better than how you see yourself? It's impossible. It first starts from within. Then it flows out. And guess what? You look at people who think you're stupid. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm putting the things that I'm learning to work. Say this with me. I have a healthy soul. So here's what I wanted to say. And I'll read the scripture. And we'll go. Alright? You feed your soul. Your soul needs to be fed. There are realities in the gospel that are available for you, that you have to meditate on, that you have to feed on, that you have to, you can't be, you can't, you can't just go through life the way you were last year. It's the same way you are this year. The word of God has to be, you know, take root in your spirit. What is the number one provision of the gospel? Say this with me, I am, I am justified. Say it again, I am justified. So justification is the provision of the gospel. Let me explain what this is. Listen, if you don't know these simple things that I am saying, there are people in this world who have developed, I wish I could show you, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a picture I used to use to teach this. There are people who have developed chronic sicknesses and diseases because of guilt and condemnation. In fact, the doctors will tell you that the root of majority of sicknesses is guilt and condemnation. Oh, finally. <laughs> finally, he made it. 
I want to show you one scripture. Okay? I want to show you one scripture. Um, I don't know if I give you, gave you that scripture. We'll come back to this in a moment. About who can help me look for it. Just look for it very quickly. About let your adorning be, not be of the outward of earrings and all of that, but of an inward um, heart of peace. Alright? I think it's in First Timothy something. Look for it. You're in class. So look for it. I opened it this morning. Can you find it? First Timothy something. I want to show you that scripture. Because it will be very helpful for you to make, make these things and make these deposits in your soul. Huh? Who has found it? Huh? First Peter what? Verse. Put it on the screen. First Peter three three. Yeah. First Peter three and verse three. It says your beauty. If you can give me the HCSB, give that to me. The HCSB. I'm making a case here. I'm, I'm showing you some things. I'm making a case here. Provision has been made. You've got to take it. Look at this. Let's read this together. Want to go? It says, Your beauty should not consist of outward things like elaborate. Read now. Read out loud now. Read out loud now, guys. Are you not in church? Read out loud now. Read now. Let's read together. Want to go? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Stop. Does it say you shouldn't wear gold and hey hey hey? Does it say you shouldn't wear gold and fine hairstyle and and elaborate earrings? But it just says that that's not the source of your beauty. I drink glory. I drink honor. I see glory. Do you understand that? Look at that again. Now, hey, ladies here, you have propensity to wear nice hair. And sometimes when I hear the hair amounts, some of the, some of the amounts can buy two lambs. Now, what's happening? How can you wear, how can you with bold face, bold face, wear one million hair? Ah, now I arrest you. <laughs> now it's not saying that you shouldn't have that duty. It's not saying that at all. What it's saying is that that's not the source of it. Look at this. It says your beauty and hey, guys, he's not talking to the ladies though. He's talking to you too. I don't know 
I don't know if you, if you observe, you know I'm a very vain person. He's not talking about just the ladies. He's talking about the guys too. Let your beauty not consist of outward things. In other words, there are things that we'll see. And you should have them. Have the good hairstyle. Have the all, all, all of that. But you see, that's not the source. You can't have, put that picture on the screen for a moment. You can't have all of that adornment on, on an empty soul. Look at that. This is a description of this generation. But not your generation. Not you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not you. But it's a description of what is happening in the world around us. Look at that. But the soul is empty. On the soul, they are dying in the soulish realm. But then, I mean... You know, everybody got to do what they got to do. We still have to put things together and just stop, you know. You guys are working a lot today. Don't you enjoy your job? <laughs> put, it, put that scripture back. Titus 1. Uh-huh. First Peter 1. It says, next verse, verse 4. Look at what he now says. Look at what he now says. I want you all to read this together once to go. Uh huh. Stop! I told you about the outward man last week. Don't worry, you are in for good things this 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 two months. You will enjoy your life. Amen. Yeah, I can promise you that. Next week, I'm coming ready for you. I'm coming with shakabula kind of stuff. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It says instead, it should consist of the. In other words, your beauty. Listen, should not be the adornment of the outward. What, what this guy is saying is that that outward thing is supposed to be a reflection of something that is going on inside. So let's look at what's supposed to be going on inside. He says it should consist of the healing person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Stop! Don't think he's saying you should walk like this. No, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's not saying you should walk like... You know, there are some people that their holiness, they can't turn. In fact, some people's holiness, they can't smile. If they smile, they will leak. Just a, if a person, you just smile, you just leak. Just smile. Like 50% of your anointing is gone. <laughs> you understand? Just by shining your teeth, like half of your anointing is gone. No, that's not what they're talking about here. Look at what they're talking about. It says, see, it says, it should consist of the healing person of the heart with the imperishable quality. In other words, hey, hey, this quality we're about to introduce to you cannot perish. You better buy it. You better take it. It can't perish. The moment it's introduced, it cannot die. It says, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Stop. In other words, hey, thank you, dear Lord. When it says a gentle and quiet spirit, it's saying that your spirit has been changed by redemption. Shut up, shut up, shut up, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. Uh, you know, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am a sinner. Shut up, shut up. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's been quieting. See, the, ah, let me explain to you. The heart is always bringing up accusations. This is who you are. This is who you are. It's always presenting accusations to you. Always telling you why you're not good enough. 
Always telling you why you shouldn't be blessed. Always telling you that because you have not done this and done that, or do this and done that, you cannot receive this. And then, this guy, oh boy, thank you dear Lord. This guy, this lady, has learned to consistently, no matter how many times it happens, shut their spirits up with the provisions of redemption. To keep quiet. Not me. So, over time, when he says spirit, there is also talking about the heart. Over time, your heart has learned to fall in place with your real identity. So, when he says provision of a gentle and quiet spirit, he's not saying, hmm, don't worry, I'll just keep calm like this. If anybody shouts at me, I'll just, I'll just say, God bless you. I'll just be going. See, let me tell you. <laughs> you try that for the first week. It's like, it's like, you know, they have caged you. It's like something in you. You try it for the first You think that that's what God is after. So you, that's what they call behavior modification. You're trying to modify your behavior. So you, you try it for the first week. God bless you. You go again. God bless you. You go again. God bless you. They are at one point. You, the last person that did the last, then you now say, what is it? Did they send you? And now, then that person now becomes the recipient of your venom. But guess what? When this thing has finished its work, it is that you want to bring out venom. It doesn't exist. It's no longer there. And they will think you've been brainwashed. No, you've been transformed. Gentle and quiet spirit. It starts with you. He said, beauty. What is beauty? Beauty is that your soul, your soul has been trained to see itself in the pages of the book of the Word. Otherwise, see, my brother, this soul will scream at you. That someone needs to pay, I need to round off. Lord, not today. Gather close. That's, you know, someone, someone needs to pay. Someone needs to pay. Then you're going on the weight of that someone needs to pay. And as you're going under that weight of someone needs to pay, suddenly, guilt has set in. Condemnation has set in. And then before you know it, they say they, they are seeing high blood pressure. See, what I'm telling you, go and see, you are all, you are all 21st century people. If I have ever lied to you here, go and do your research. Go and find out what is the cause of some, some sicknesses and diseases. It says, a gentle and quiet spirit. Let's read the last verse. Which is very valuable in God's eyes. He has value in God's eyes. So I want to show you one, I'll just show you one scripture because we don't have ten. On how to quieten this spirit. You see this, this, this hidden man of the heart. Hmm? A gentle and quiet spirit. Gentle and quiet spirit. Gentle and quiet. It has entered. It has sat down. That is who you are. Gentle. See, see, let me tell you. Look up at me, everybody. Train yourself to reverence the world. Train yourself to reverence the word. The word itself, go to the previous verse. The word itself is telling you 
That your duty should not consist of this thing alone. Why do you want to be taking selfie on a lean soul? Now, challenge has come. No scripture can come out. No, no one. No one. There's nothing you know about yourself that you know that you can bring doubt in the face of challenge. Ah. Who told you that challenges will come? Didn't I tell you last week? That this planet is tribulation planet. Did I not tell you? He said, in the world you shall have tribulation. But he now shows you the higher stuff. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if I ask you a question, you're smart. Where should your mind be? On the world of tribulation or him who tells you be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, what he's saying is that Every situation that you go through, your victory is in my hands. Look to me. Look to me. Stop looking at those situations. Look to me. Feast for me. Look at how advanced scripture is. You didn't know that they will have a uh, bone straight. You know that this scripture has <laughs> taken one million braids into consideration. Mascara. Lascara. Pink <laughs> powder. You know, I started losing heart in, you know, when now colors this, there's now cockroach brown. Cockroach brown. You see a person, they are doing wedding. They say, what's your color? Cockroach brown. <laughs> Burnt orange. <laughs> Who can help me yet? Eh? Bottle green. Teal green. Pep, eh? No, no. <laughs> the pepper green. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't mess me. Sorry. I thought, I thought he came to put mouth in something that doesn't concern him. <laughs> pepper green. See that? Eh? Tomato red. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a joke. You are not joking here. All of those things were taken into consideration. And says your beauty won't come out of that. Look, in other words, look, put it on, but don't trust it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, put it on, but it shouldn't define you. I'm telling you how empty you are. If what defines you, alright, is what you wear. So what will we say about the person who made it? It is that, look, let me tell you, eh? And check, it can happen to you. That you are the one that gives value to it. That the fact that you touched it, that's what makes it valuable. Otherwise, let me tell you, it will be an endless chase for things that don't satisfy. And let me tell you, these guys, they know how to cash in on your need for status and elevation. 
So today, eh, today, oh boy, Lord, I thank you because we're teaching right. So today, you cannot use your Android phone in peace. You can't use your Android phone in peace anymore. Until you have Apple, Max Pro, Pro Max, Pro Max 13, 14, 15. And then, if you don't have Apple and the watch, you are no longer a human being. You are no longer a human being. You don't know. That see, with these things I'm teaching you, you detach yourself from getting identity from these things. I only use it because you have to. Okay, let me ask you. So now, listen, you know, the latest iPhone something something has come out. Your own is still working well. The one you're using is still new. It's still working well. But because there's a new one in the market that you have to take. All of a sudden, this one, let's, we have to throw it away. Guess what? And sometimes these people don't even have the intelligence to even go and see if the teachers are different. Just read about it. See, look at me. Many times, the one that you're using right now is even better in features than the one you're about to go and buy. But you know what is happening? Empty soul. Needing validation and gratification from the things that they wear. It doesn't have to be real, so long as it looks real. Let's go for it. Oh, my hope is built on nothing else. And Jesus' blood. And his righteousness. How do I find my identity? Not from the things that I look, not from the things that I wear, not from the things that I buy, from who he is. Can we say amen? amen? Let me tell you, you'll be free. See, money hits your account. Listen to me. Money hits your account. I'm saying some things that are very important too. Like one million hits your account, and then for the next four hours, you can't sleep. You can't sleep. You can't see. Hey, hey, that's, that's, now all of a sudden, it's like a barrage of thoughts are coming into your mind. I heard Paris say this and I believe it. That money hits your account. The first thing you should do, just to help your soul, declare it fast. Mm. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Sit in church eh, and act like I'm not talking to you until you will, you will, you will just make stupid mistakes. Now suddenly you've gone out. And then the next thing, you, you, one million has hit your account, but your, your body starts to shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, those people, those people that thought I would never make it. Now, now, ah, ah, my time has come. Then your body is shaking. Then you're, you're, you're feeling uncomfortable. And then the next thing, that, that lady that insulted me, how much was I, I, I'll show her now. These people are not looking. Up. Declare it first. Do a one week fast. Tame that desire. Tame it. Tame it. Calm down. This is not this is not a definition of who you are. Relax. Now, in that time of fasting and prayer, your eyes are open to see the things you really need to do. That is not a function of trying to make a statement for anybody. This is just me making progress in life. Based on the things that God has called me to do. 
Otherwise, let me tell you, eh? you rush into the market and buy that washing machine or buy that hair. You come to service, we didn't even know. Ah, then you now start to go to people. Can't, can't you see? <laughs> Is it that you are not seeing? How many of you have it happened to you before? You, 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 go to an, you go to an expensive store, alright? You buy a nice, very expensive perfume. And then you walk into the room. For the whole day, nobody tells you nice perfume. You know some of you, they live and die for that nice perfume. Nice hair. Nice this. You look good. You look amazing. So what if they don't tell you? Then you now look at the, Imagine the disappointment. You now get home. So you mean that this thing that I bought with 250k, not even one person. Not one person. Some of you is worse when the guy did not even notice. Then you now say, but didn't you see? As you sit down on that teaching like this, you'll be set free from those things. You need to impress. You need to, you need to make a statement. Some of you are planning your wedding to make a statement. A banger. So what if you don't make a statement? Kelsey, so. I isn't looking for validation from anywhere. Put the Roman scripture on the screen. Romans, Romans, I'm done. Romans 3, 24 and 20. Once you see me hold this mic, you know I'm done. Romans 3, 24. Let's read together, we want to go. Read verse 23 into 24. Let's read verse 23. Uh Uh-huh. Next verse. It's good to start from there. Wow. Next verse, 25. Next verse. When it says just, it means that, for example, when it says a person is justified, like I am, my action was just, it was right. So, in other words, God is looking at the redemption story. And he's saying, yeah, I was just to have done that. So, he is just, then he is the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. It starts with all has sinned. Ends with, now you are justified. That's something your soul needs to feed on. Who are you? I am justified. Who are you? I am justified. That word justification, it's a legal term. 
It's actually the official declaration of innocence. That you who stole this earring in God's sight is not a thief. You who we saw stole this earring. Because, you see, these things, it will, it will rattle your mind. That's why you really need to lose your mind. And get the mind of Christ. One verse, all have sinned. The very next verse, being justified freely by His grace. You feast on that. So what's the glitch? Your soul is supposed to prosper. Your soul is supposed to be healthy. If your soul is not feeding right, it's going to be a glitch. A malfunction. Isn't it amazing that people finally get on their deathbed and only then did they realize the things that were truly important. But that's not for you. Say this with me, I have a healthy soul. How many of you use the word that you have heard today? Hey church, how many of you use the word that you have heard today? You know, there are, there, are, there are teachings that you hear, <laughs> you know, that is just important for you at that moment. Rise to your feet. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, Please write to us at hellabootblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.